Hello listeners, welcome to the No Layers Podcast. I'm your host, Najee Simons, and today we'll be dis- discussing a variety of topics about this previous week of the NBA and what really stood out to me. With that being said, let's get right into it. Let's start with the Houston Rockets, and generally, I just, I really just don't understand, like, what the fruit do they have going on? I mean, it, it just doesn't really look good. I've always said offensively and defensively, they would have been better keeping Chris Paul and going back to the system they had Chris Paul's first year, when Chris Paul actually had the ball a lot, well, more than last year, and was a intricate factor in the offense. And I think, honestly, despite Russ being his, one of his best friends, I think James Harden started to realize it, too, that they – they're double teaming him because Russ can't shoot. When it's just Harden for he's not getting double teamed like that, but Russ can't shoot and his decision making is horrible because if Russ would just actually just, you know, penetrate the double team, attack, stop settling, just attack it, it sucks the defense in, swing, or you got you're trying to stop him and Capella going at the rim. It it just it really doesn't make sense to me. And I really felt like Houston was that fourth tier one team with the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks, but I'm just, it's hard because I really want to see great players win. I want to see Harden get a ring, but I'm just starting to realize that it's just, it, it isn't meant to be. It's sad because you see flashes because when they play the Clippers, that's, honestly, I think the Rockets have the best chance of beating the Clippers in the playoff series out west, but the best chance, and I still wouldn't bet on that because they have two, honestly, they have two regular season players, like Harden. People say, well, Harden averages that in the third in the, in the playoffs, but his efficiency goes down because his game is gimmicky. It's built for the regular season, and the playoffs, we know about rest and efficiency and struggles in the playoffs and lack of ability to play in the half court, and then Harden, that one-on-one game, and then he tends to get gassed out. That could be him and D'Antoni fault. It just seems like he needs to add more variety to his game. Just forget what the coach is talking about. You can shoot a step back mid-range. You're James Harden. You're not going to get taken out the game. Just stop being one or two things. And I really feel like they're they're not a two, a tier two team with the Heat, the Celtics, the Jazz, or the Nuggets. But they really aren't a tier one team with the best team. So I'll put them in uh, tier 1.5. Closer to two than one, but they still can get a one team. I thought like it just seems like they have a team where you can envision them winning a championship, but they just can't put it together. You can't put faith in them. I would never lose money betting on James Harden again. And then I also see with Harden recent struggles this month. And Westbrook's improvement is crazy, but they're still losing most of their games. It just seems like those two cannot play together. It's like you see it only versus the Clippers. And maybe a few other games I recall where both of them was both killing. But it's rare. Like usually, even let's think about the first game of the season when they played the Bucks, Harden was killing. But Westbrook was killing. My bad. Yeah, Harden was playing trash. And it just seems like when one is killing, the other is suffering. And you cannot have that to be a championship duo. And 
it just seems like one hot and cold. Their game is not built for the playoffs, and I'll just be a fool to have this continued blind faith in them. And speaking of this, let's discuss the next tier 1.5 team, the Philadelphia 76ers. This team with Joel and Ben Simmons just doesn't fit. And it's really, I can see a world where, let's take back to Ben Simmons' rookie year, where it just had those two and a bunch of shooters. That team only really just needed a closer. If Jimmy Butler or somebody would have just fit that team, that team, boom, tier one. This team now just has too much. It's not enough spacing. It's shooting, but not enough. You try to run the offense through Joel, and it hurts Ben Simmons because he really needs the ball to. I'm not saying he needs the ball to be effective because recently he's been effective in the half court without Joel clogging the lane. But just let him be like the point four and just get a floor space and be like, I honestly would take. Ben Simmons and keep him and trade Joel for some assets and shooters. It's going to hurt Philly now. People are going to be like, why are you trading a better player? But really, Ben Simmons is the better player. I mean, today, NBA teams are valuing a dynamic playmaker more than a big. And Joel can't stay healthy for real. He's dominant when he's playing. But in the playoffs, you see him shrink. You see him score zero points versus a real big defensive big and Marcus Saul. Um... It's his punk fake drive really doesn't work anymore because he hasn't really been hitting the three a lot. And just go with the dynamic playmaker, Ben Simmons. He's 6'10", elite defensively. He should be first team all defense. And Thibault, Thibault is elite defensively too. There needs to be three teams all defense, but I'm going to get on that another day. Like, without Joel, Ben Simmons is currently averaging 22 points, 9 rebounds, and 8 assists. And Philly is 6-3 in that stretch. I mean, what else is there to say? I don't. I couldn't bet on them beating the, the Bucks in the playoff series. And, like, it's weird because they shouldn't be a 60 in the bottom. They should be second, at worst third. But it's like, why are you that bottom? And then I don't have faith that I shouldn't wonder if you can beat the Heat if you Philly. That's just crazy. Like, they have a – it's weird because I can see them beating the Bucks, but it's like the Heat, like, I don't know. Jimmy Butler is maybe just that good. I I just don't understand it. And I don't really have faith in them in the playoffs like that because when Joel comes back, I will cry real tears watching Ben Simmons be held back from greatness. Philadelphia, Elton Brand, if you're listening, maybe you will one day. Trade Joel and B, please. Just trade him. It'll hurt now, but trust me, it'll 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 be better in the long run. Um, another team I really want to discuss lately that I haven't seen many people talking about is the disappointment in the Portland Trailblazers. And I have, I'm almost certain that they're just not going to make the playoffs, even when Nurkic and them come back. It's too much redundancy on this team. Um. You got Dame, Melo, CJ, and even White Sox. All guys, when they get the ball, they're thinking, ISO, kill my man. Boop, boop, bop. And they're all solid off ball. But I'm not going to say they're trash on ball. But there isn't really. Maybe this is Terry Scott's offense. Where it's not really any off ball movement. And this is not a recipe for success because you cannot win 
real high-level championship playoff series. Playing ISO ball, it's just horrible. It sucks to watch because they have talent, and I wanted to see Carmelo in a good winning situation. I'm glad he's playing good. Like, when Nurkish come back in Collins, it doesn't fix all your problems because then you're going to have how much do you play white side? Is white side going to be mad? We know when white side is mad. Oh, that's well documented already. I'm not going to get in that. This team is second in isolation frequency. And over the last four years, if you were a top four team in isolation frequency, you did not win a championship. That 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 says enough for itself. <laughs> I'll rest my case. And to fix this, because we're all about providing solutions, not just stating problems. I think it it. it Portland, it's really, really time to blow it up. You make a trade game while his stock is high and get Ben Simmons. It helps both teams, honestly. I don't think they will, so they'll stay in basketball purgatory. But let's just say in the dream scenario, their best case scenario is just another second round exit. Like, is that really good enough? They lost Aminu and Harkless, who were their wing defenders. And wing defense is the most important thing today in the NBA. Wing defense is important. All right, wing defense and rim protection. You really don't need, like, point guards is going to kill regardless. Point guard defense. Uh, this is last. Like, you need perimeter defense, but it shut down the wings and protect the rim is really what you need. And... I don't know. Maybe I'm really just like too big on Ben Simmons, but I really want to see a Dame for Ben Simmons trade and some, you know, packages, deals, players, all that, contracts, etc. But I feel like Ben Simmons is a bigger version of Jason Kidd. And people don't start saying, oh, Jason Kidd, such and such and threes. Uh, Jason Kidd was called Ace and Kidd for a reason. He learned to shoot as his career developed because he wasn't 6'10". Ben Simmons is 6'10". He will be all right. Uh, and then Portland, you will have time to – because Ben Simmons is young. You can surround him with pieces. Maybe keep CJ. Got Collins as the shooter. Nurkish can hit the midi. But you may can even trade him for another – just shooters everywhere. And people will say – Click off the podcast. So you're crazy. Toronto was also considered crazy when they traded Kawhi for a one-year rental. And then we saw how that turned out. Well, despite him leaving, I bet you nobody on earth would say that's a bad trade because they got a championship. Fifth, um, Chris Paul resigning. I'm just going to share my quick thoughts with him resigning. Just like Bradley Bills, you took the money. So whatever happens, happens. If you're fine with the money and maybe you just want to ring chase at the end of your career and be able to say you got a ring but didn't have an impact, hey, Chris, to each his own. But the fact that he didn't want to, um, dang, uh, reject his player option and he kept it. So, hey, man, you, you get what you asked for, bro. You want the money, so you sacrifice winning. But I like what he's doing and, um, Okay, see, I like that out there. Shout out to my boy, uh, Shea Gilchrist Alexander. That's my boy, Cam. Guy. So, we got to give him a shout out. The Bucks. The Bucks. The Bucks. <laughs> they go with 70 games this year. And 
I'm saying it. I'm stamping it. Giannis will be the second unanimous MVP besides my boy Steph Curry. Get healthy. He will be the unanimous MVP, and he will represent the Eastern Conference in the finals. Yes, I stand Giannis, and I'm saying it now. Their butts will win 70 games, and they will be in the finals and win at least two games. Talk soon. The Clippers, on the other hand, the Clippers are 7-2 since Paul George's injury. Kawhi's been averaging 36 a game since Kawhi's injury. On 51%, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 steals. Uh, this man can really do this every night. He just doesn't care about regular season and sees the, the bigger picture. And I respect it. He's the best player in the world until my boy KD gets healthy. Lou Williams has been averaging 21-6. and And he went crazy in the fourth quarter versus the Heat. Like, I think he's the second best closer on their team. Kawhi, then Lou Will, then Paul George. But the fact that they have three guys that can really close you out is crazy. You got Trez. He's been averaging 19-7 in this stretch. I don't really believe the reports about players being mad about the treatment of Kawhi and Paul George because we all know the bigger goal is to be ready in the playoffs and they will be the 2020 champs. <laughs> I'll see you in June about that. Um, These guys, like... I understand if there's, like, slight frustration, they lose a the game. Like, damn, like, I wish Kawhi was playing or, you know, Paul George. But I don't really think it's a really big, big issue. Like, they're trying to make it seem probably some Laker fans trying to stir up drama with the Clippers. It really – it just seems outlandish and far-fetched that that's even possible, that that's really an issue. Um – Next, I want to talk about my former Duke Blue Devils, Zion Williamson. He's been playing. I'm going to say this. Zion is doing what I expected him to do. I predicted an injury. That's my biggest concern. And I will say my prediction on him, my draft article on him, wasn't necessarily wrong about his skill set, but project, projecting his outlook may have been undersold because I thought he was going to be put in a different role as the primary point four. And I was trying to tell you, no, because they was comparing him to LeBron. Well, a few extremists, I'm saying no, like, he, that's not his game. He's going to be like a cleanup guy, which he has been. Because lack of creation on offense. I'll get into his skill set soon. What I like, what I don't like. But currently he's playing great. The first night he had. First night he played great. I really take it with a grain of salt. Because he didn't do nothing. Besides like a three, four minute stretch. Where he went crazy. But that's. I don't judge players at their best or worst. And honestly that's. That's, you're nobody's going to be that hot every single night. So I took it with a grain of salt. It was a great performance. And it showed, like, okay, maybe he can get he can get hot and he's willing to take the three if he's wide open. But for the season right now, three games in, he's averaging 19 and 8, two assists, 0.7 steal. I'm going to say one steal, 166% shooting, which is great. After the first time he hit four threes, he hasn't hit – any sense, but he's only taking two, a three per game. Um, 
to break down his game, really, his half-court handle has to improve. People would say, oh, he can dribble like Blake. I'm like, no, Blake dribbles better, and Blake can dribble in the half-court. Zion has to improve his half-court handle. In the full court, he dribbles solid for a uh, you know, for a power forward, but then again, he sixes. I feel like it should be better, but hey, he is what he is. He needs better um, decision making. He has to work on his decision making because a lot of his turnovers are just like bad passes, like throwing it too early with the guy's cutting, like throwing it to the wrong spot, or he's charging into the man. I, I see the problems with that. He has to get better at that. I like that he's. Willing to shoot, I want to see more of him stopping and popping. Let's see if he has a mid-range game because pretty soon teams are going to start. Teams with the right personnel, that's what I'm worried about him against with real bigs that's strong and can protect the room. I'm really worried about his effectiveness then in the half court because it's like, what are you going to do when they start to wall off the paint and you don't have like a, ooh, stop, pop, mid-range, bang. He doesn't have that in his game yet. He really lacks the... Isolation scoring. He the first night even his he mixed once and then the other was swatted out of bounds and then a lot of his points really just there aren't him creating his his own ISO game. But I do like the fact he's a tremendous lob threat. So soon as he see a little guy on him, switch on him, and this switch error is what's gonna kill people. Maybe Zion's gonna be the first player to really stop the switching error because soon as he Sees the switch, so was telling him, jump, dunk, dunk. He was killing Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart with that. He cleans up around the board. He's the better offensive rebounder and defensive rebounder because he's running out of nowhere. Grab, layup, grab, layup. All his shots, I like the fact he plays within his games. So he's really not trying to create that much. And a lot of his shots, he either gets set up by Zoe or drew or ingram or it's a rebound like easy makes he isn't trying too hard um i'm really worried about him maybe this isn't now but maybe this affect him in the long run i want to see him box out more because i don't know if he's going to be able to out jump everybody even despite them putting a the body on like i'm worried about teams with true bids boom putting a body on them and his effectiveness there because i've always been told it's always worked the hoops if i just sit on the big's knees, he can't jump. So I want to see him box out more, and I want to see how he rebounds versus teams with true big rebounding bids. Because his first three games, I mean, the Celtics don't really have any rebounders. The the Nuggets are small in paint, and Jokic, we know he's not really a rebounder. But he only had six rebounds that game. The Celtics, he killed with 11. Even the first game versus Smurfs, Aldridge really isn't a great rebounder. But Zion has seven. But he is on a minutes restriction. So I'm not going to hold him to real high standards. But I'm just showing some things. Just nitpicking. He is going to be a really good player. Uh, the Denver game, I really like how he abused his, his, his size difference in the paint. He killed. Like, Jerry Grant... Jeremy, Jerry, it's Jeremy, I think, plays for Denver, and he just abused him in the paint like every time. It was just such a size mismatch, and Zion know like he, this is food. He's a baby, and just killed them. 
I want to see. I still want to see more skill work versus True Biz. He's really been struggling from the free throw line, and I think that shows a reflection of his true shot rather than that first game where he just hit the four threes and everybody went, "Oh my God, Zion, Zion, Zion!" And I'm like, "Relax, relax, relax. Zion's gonna be good, but let's just let's just relax. It's a guy, John Morant, who I feel will have a better career, and I'm gonna say it here." I, I feel John Morant is going to be a better player and have a better career. I, I really do. I still like John Morant, but we'll see. You know, I may be wrong. And let's get to some upcoming games this week. We have the Celtics taking on the Heat Tuesday at home. I had the Heat beating them at home. The Heat are almost un, unbeatable at home, honestly. You got Wednesday. You got the Blazers versus Rockets. Harden should be back then, but even without Harden, you got Dame versus Russ. Dame versus Russ. That's entertaining every time. But I have, I really have Portland winning that game. I'm really not too fond of Houston lately. Thursday, this is for the real hoop nerds like myself, not for the casual fan. Um, I think Denver beats the Jazz. And a close one because the Jazz been on one lately. Like I don't understand. Like I knew that I knew the Clarkson trade was really good for them because they needed another creator. But uh, nobody predicted like it would make this much of a difference for them. Um, Friday we have hopefully Harden's back by then. I think he will be. You have the Rockets versus Dallas. I actually think Houston will win this way. The Harden would break out his slump and put up a show versus Luca because people have been in my group chat with my guy Mike, you got him in there saying, Um Luca is more of an MVP than Harden like relax, like thirty thirty six a game is still thirty six a game. Like relax. And then I think the Bucks smoked Denver out the building Friday and Saturday then the weeks we end with Boston versus Philly and Despite not having Joel, I think Philly's going to strap everybody up like they typically do. And Ben Simmons is going to have a field day versus those babies. It's like, it's going to be, it's very entertaining watching Ben Simmons without Joel. Like, he's becoming one of my favorite players watching without Joel. You know, I, I really like him. At first, I, I, I can't lie. At first, I was saying he's just a bigger Lonzo ball. But, you know, you know. You're wrong when you when you're wrong. You admit it. I was wrong. I see the potential in him, and I'm really I, I like seeing players really maximize their potential. And closing out, I'm ready for the upcoming week. This is my first real episode. I'm glad to record it. Glad for everybody that listened. Uh, rest in peace, Kobe. Is not really gonna talk too deep into it. He was my favorite player ever. The man that got me into loving basketball. Just wear his shoes. Getting to my first pair of Kobe's was just amazing. I remember where I was at when I got him. I got to see him his last season play in Charlotte when Michael Jordan did his speech. Uh, he really just, whenever I like, need some motivation, so, you know, I used to think it was corny then, but now I appreciate just looking up Kobe interviews, Kobe motivation. Like, he just changed my mindset on what I needed to do to be successful in life and even though I didn't make it in basketball just just like when he retired he started wanting to be great in another 
endeavor, which he was great at and was going to be greater than beyond basketball. And me, this podcast and my blog is just something that is going to, I'm going to be better at that than I ever was at real basketball. So it's just, I really thank Kobe and appreciate him. He may have his own personal episode, just me going through my favorite Kobe moments. But until then, thank you listeners and talk soon.